Well, hello. How are you doing this evening? We're so glad that you're here to join us. If, you are, if you're new with us, whether you're joining, we, we have some people online with us, I think, as well. So if, if you're new with us, uh, we, we would love for you to text new to the number above. That way we can get connected with you. Uh, but if you're also joining us for, you know, the millionth time or whatever it may be, we'd also like to invite you to text your name to the, that same number. Or if you could please fill out a Connect card online. All right, let's stand up together. We're going to sing, and I know that it's going to be tough, but we're going to ask you to keep on your mask throughout the entirety of, of this worship set. Let, let's sing, though. That means you have to sing extra loud. Nothing 
can take your place. You are all we need. Your love has set us free. Whoa.
Let's pray together. Father in heaven, with open arms, we welcome your presence here. Father, we believe that in your presence there's fullness of joy, that there's freedom, that there's hope. Lord, it's your presence that we need here. Father, it's not about us, it's not about what we can do, but Lord, it's all about you. So we open our hearts and our minds to you, God. Refresh us here. Lord, it's in your name that we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Hello, church. I'm so excited to be here with you all today. We're back in our worship center, and I'm excited to join those who are watching at home online. Man, one way that we get to worship every time we meet is by giving, and there are so many different ways here at BSCC that you can give, whether that be online, in person, by the boxes by the door, or through the mail. Man, it's just so good to give a portion of what God has blessed us and then allow it to further his kingdom. We've been working so hard here at BSCC to stay connected, and one of the ways that the Next Gen team has done that, we just did it last month, we did some summer care packages. Between the children's ministry and the student ministry, we were able to deliver 132 packages. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah, we just wanted to say thank you to all those families that signed up and allowed us to come to your doorstep. We had such a great time seeing you. It was wonderful. And the Next Gen team is not done yet. We actually have some more activities coming up this month. So if you want to know what we're planning, go to bscc.org and click on the events tab. And that will show you all of the details of all the different children's ministry and student ministry events. We also get to do some in-person stuff, which we're super, super excited about. So there'll be social distancing and we'll follow the guidelines, but we get to actually meet in person. In just a moment, Dave is going to come up, and he is going to give his message on preparing for Christ's return. We want to invite anyone who's watching online to just let us know that you're here. If you're new, text the word new to the numbers on the screen, and if you're already a BSCCer, text your name to the number, the same number on the screen. We would love to connect with you. BSCC, I want to say hi to everybody that is worshiping with us online. It's great to have you with us in this service, and I want to say hi to all of you who are on campus worshiping with us. Yeah, I want to say something uh, about how blessed I've been in the last week or so to see these birthday boxes that have been put together and brought by the church here from, from our, our church family. It just warms my heart to think about all of those birthday boxes that we saw in the hallway outside the offices, going to a, a family, going to a child to just brighten up their birthday at the Hope House or one of our other community partners. I just want to say great job, BSCC, and that service project. I've been saying 
since the pandemic began, how grateful I am for technology that even in this pandemic, we are able to gather together as one church for worship, although in many, many locations, uh, be it online and then here as well on campus. I'm so grateful for that. I just want to encourage us as a church to continue to be reaching out, to continue to be inviting people to come and worship with us each week and participating in our ministries as we continue to do these service projects in our community to represent the compassion and love of Jesus Christ. Well, we are doing a series this summer uh, through some very, I think, challenging and important topics that you submitted, so we're calling the series You Asked For It, and the topic that we're going to look at in this message, as, as uh, Cassie mentioned, is about you know, what will take place when Jesus returns, and how should that affect the way in which we live during this pandemic and beyond. And I'm excited, I think it's a very important topic for us to look at right now in our lives. But I also want to say that as a preacher, I, I kind of feel like the, the preacher who got up and shared with the church, you know, I have got so much material to share with you in this message. I don't really know where to start. And the lady in the back stood up and she said, why don't you start somewhere near the end, uh, she said. Uh, so I'm going to try to keep within the allotted amount of time that I have to cover such a vast subject. And I want you to say, to start with, if you're on Facebook, to type in the comments, what comes to mind when you think of the word heaven? And here in the room, as I say that word, what do you think about? When we say heaven, I think often what we do is we say, that's, that's something I'm going to think about later. And we kind of put it in that, it's important, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to think about that later box. And I, I just want to say, that, that's a big mistake. Because there's no greater truth than the truth of heaven to give us perspective for how we are to live today. There's no greater truth than the truth of heaven to help us understand the wonderful life that God provides for us in Jesus Christ. So I'm excited to share with you from God's Word on this topic, and we're going to begin right here with 1 Thessalonians 4.16. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. So Paul writes, the Lord will come. Not the Lord may come, the Lord will come. Scholars of the Bible disagree on the particulars that are going to transpire when this happens, but they all agree that it is going to happen. Oswald Chambers calls this God's say-so, that the second coming is a future reality for us. God has promised that it will happen, and it will. And so with that understanding, that sense of anticipation, what will take place? Well, in the verse that I just read, there are four things that are mentioned that will take place. That first of all, he will come with a loud command. And we know that Jesus has the power to raise the dead with a loud command because that's the story of Lazarus that we read about. Where Lazarus dead in the tomb for four days, Jesus walks up to that tomb and just commands, Lazarus, come out. And many people have noted that if Jesus would have just said, come out, you know, the entire graveyard would have emptied, right? <laughs> so he's specific. He's like, Lazarus, you come out. Everybody else, you stay there. But, and Lazarus comes out after having been in the tomb four days. He will come with a loud command. He will come with the voice of an archangel. 
The only archangel in the Bible that we know by name is Michael. So we have here at the return of Jesus a loud command from God in Jesus. And then we have a loud command from an angel, uh, very possibly Michael. And then it says there will be the trumpet call of God. Just try to envision that. I mean, it's going to be quite an interest, entrance that Jesus makes, quite a, an occasion, that, quite a day as we anticipate his return. And then it says the dead in Christ will rise first. Well, does that mean that these believers were not living until that time that when they died, both their body and their soul returned to the ground and they're sort of sleeping until this moment when the Lord returns. No, I don't think that's what the Bible teaches at all. I think the Bible teaches that when we die, if we die before the return of Jesus, that our soul separates from our body, our body returns to the earth while our soul or our spirit, if, if Jesus is our Savior, goes to be with Him. I mean, this, this is what we see happening while Jesus is on the cross as he speaks to the repentant thief, today you will be with me in paradise. He doesn't say at my second coming you will be with me in paradise, but, but today, right now, this is, this is what Paul was getting at when he said in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, to depart from the body is to be at home with the Lord. And so what will happen then is upon the return of Jesus, we will receive our resurrected or imperishable body, as it says that the dead in Christ will rise first. And so as we consider that, then you might wonder, well, if I die then before Christ's return, what, what do I look like between then and His return, His second coming? The Bible's not specific about that. What we do, what the Bible does tell us, though, is that in that period of time, we will be in the presence of the Lord. That's good enough for me. That's, that's all I need to know, to know it's going to be incredible. It's going to be better than the very best day that I ever have here on this earth to be with the Lord. <clears throat> I want us to look now at one of the pictures of God that, or pictures that God gives to us of the second coming it's in the last book of the Bible, Revelation, where God gives John this glimpse of heaven and he records it for us. This is in chapter 19 where it says, John writes, I saw heaven standing open and there before me was a white horse whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice he judges and wages war. We're going to come back to that. Verse 12, his eyes are like blazing fire and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but he himself. What a picture of the return of Jesus. Now we know that in his first coming that Jesus rode on a donkey, right? Into Jerusalem. Here in the second coming it says he will ride on a white horse. And in John's day, a white horse was ridden by a general in a parade to celebrate a mighty victory. You see, that's the image that John gives to us here. It says Jesus' eyes are like blazing fire. This represents His intense concern for justice. 
upon his return. It says that he is wearing many crowns. A crown is an indication of authority. The fact that Jesus will be wearing many crowns is indicating that he will hold all authority upon his return. And it says here that the warrior Jesus will have a name on him that that only he knows, representing the fact that no one will have the power that Jesus has upon his return. So, in His second coming, then, all power will be under the power of Jesus. All authorities will be under His authority. Verse 11 says, with justice, He judges and He wages war. Now, this war, (laughs) there's no contest. If you read Revelation chapter 19 and 20, The picture that we have is of Jesus riding into battle and just quickly, decisively defeating his enemies. In fact, Jesus' soldiers do not even draw their weapon. That is the might and the authority of Jesus upon his return. That he just simply declares his enemies defeated by his authoritative word, and it is so. And I think it's important for us to recognize that this battle is not you know, God trying to kind of summon up every ounce of strength He has to to overcome evil. This is not like, you know, nearly equals in in a battle. No, the picture we have is of Satan and evil being utterly, finally, completely destroyed like that at the authoritative Word of God, you see. Jesus makes this final battle no contest. With justice, He comes to wage war and to judge. John writes. John Ortberg tells a story of four sophomores who were taking an organic chemistry class at Duke University. And they'd done so well all semester that they felt like they could go party out of town and uh, still do fine on the final. But they partied so hard they didn't get back in time and miss the final. And so in contacting the professor, they told him that they had actually been studying all weekend at the University of Virginia, and in driving back to take the final, they had gotten a flat tire. And that's why they missed the final and asked if they could take a makeup test, and the professor agreed. So the next day they came and he put them each in four separate rooms. As they looked at their test booklet, there were only two questions. The first question was worth five points, and it was just a simple chemical equation that they, you know, they all knew. And they were like, we're going to get away with this. They turned to the second page. The second question was worth 95 points. The only other question on the test was this, which tire, you see? Life's final exam is coming (laughs) for every person upon the return of Jesus, you see. No one resides outside of his authority. Every power and every person will give an accounting of their life before him. You really can't read the Bible for very long at all before you come across this core foundational truth about life because he just God repeats it so many times in scripture and I believe the reason why he does is because we he knows that we human beings are easily deceived into buying into an illusion that somehow 
we can escape accountability before our Creator. Well, if this is what is going to happen at the return of Jesus, that there will be a loud command, that there will be the voice of an archangel, that there will be the trumpet call of God, that the dead in Christ will rise first, that Jesus will come to wage war and to judge, what should we do about it? How should we be living our lives each day in this pandemic and beyond with this knowledge? Well, I want to share some words from Jesus about that day where he says in Mark 13, 32, and 33, but about that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Be on guard. Be alert. You do not know when that time will come. This word alert is used several times in Scripture to describe the attitude that we should have about the second coming of Jesus. You might think about it like this. You know, you're, you've been driving for a long time. It's late at night. You don't actually fall asleep, but you're just really, really drowsy until suddenly you're just startled, alert. You had that experience before. Probably all of us who've had our license for a while have had a similar experience. And in that moment, you're like, Wow, I, I am awake now. I mean, this, this, there's just this surge of alertness that you have in that moment. That's the idea here. That because of our understanding that Jesus could return at any moment and that we are absolutely sure this is a future reality for our life, we live with this awareness. We live with this constant alertness to the plan of God. C.S. Lewis writes, if you read history, you'll find that the Christians who did the most for this present world were those who thought the most of the next world. Well, I want to get real practical now, and I want to get very personal and talk with you about what we should do because of our awareness of and our alertness to the return of Jesus. I would like to propose to you there are three things that, that we need to be doing. First of all, we need to remove any doubt about going to heaven. Here's an important fact about heaven that we don't like to talk about. The majority of people will not be there. That is a sobering truth. Jesus said, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to what? To destruction. And many, see the majority, enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. It's just so very important that we have no doubt about our place in heaven. Jesus said, I am the way, follow me. I am that narrow gate, enter through me, you see. How can we have that assurance? that sense of peace and confidence about our place in heaven upon the return of the Lord. God has really made it as simple as A, B, C, D. You just, you just need to remember those first four letters of the alphabet. A, admit that you are a sinner and that sin separates you from God. Romans 3.23 For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You 
making it to heaven in, in your own goodness is, is about the equivalency of you being able to swim from California to Hawaii in your own strength. There's just no way. The gap is way too great. We, all of us are in trouble. We've all fallen short of His glory. And we just need to admit that. Be then is just to believe in Jesus as your personal Savior, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Be in heaven with God, you see. Now to believe is more than just a mental ascent that Jesus is God's Son. It is, it is to put your faith in the cross of Jesus. That what He did there for you was a payment for your sins that you could be forgiven. You believe that, then see you confess Him as the Lord of your life. Romans 10.9 If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. This confession is not really so much about sin as it is about your belief in Jesus as your Lord. In 1 Timothy 6, this is referred to as, as your good confession. A, B, C, and then D, you demonstrate your allegiance to Jesus through repentance and baptism. Acts 2.38 Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, repentance doesn't mean you're going to live perfectly, but it does mean that you've chosen to change the direction of your life, that you are now following Jesus instead of your own selfish desires. And then baptism really is that, that benchmark, that dividing line between you know, the old life of sin and the new life that you have in Christ. You see, A, B, C, D. You can be fully confident about the second coming of Jesus, that, that you will have a place in heaven as you admit your sin. You believe in Jesus as your Savior. You confess Him as your Lord, and you, you demonstrate that through repentance and baptism. That confidence comes not because of your own goodness, but because you are following Jesus who is the way and the truth and the life. And so I just want to say, if you have any doubt, any doubt whatsoever, be alert. Take your phone out and just text response to the number on the screen there. And we will help remove that doubt. We, it's why we're here. Please. If God is stirring your heart in this way, take that step. Because you want to have confidence about the place that you have in heaven upon the return of Jesus. To live with that sense of an alertness and awareness of the future reality for your life. But there are two other things that I want to talk to us about that I think really speak to how to live with this sense of alertness to Christ's return. The second thing that we need to do is to replace our worries with thoughts of heaven. I just want to ask, do you have any worries in 2020? <laughs> Anything troubling you? you have, have any anxiety? Of course you do. We all do. We're living in a pandemic <laughs> with COVID-19. There is a you know, an, a racial outcry and upheaval in our country. The, the, the economic uncertainties and fears, the, the, the loss of job. I mean, there's so many things happening right now that are causing difficulty in people's lives. And so, 
I want to share with you some words from Paul that give us that heavenly perspective from Romans chapter 8, verse 18. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed to us, you see. Upon the return of Jesus. Upon our, our, our time in heaven. Anytime you worry in life, anytime you have anxiety in life, this verse reminds us that it's really God's invitation for you to think about that time when those negative emotions will no longer be a part of your life. Our worries can overwhelm us. I mean, they can get on top of us like a mattress where it feels like we're suffocating. There, there is no escape. But if you will look forward to that day when you will never have another worry, it gives you a strength for today and it gives you a perspective. A very important perspective about life. You know, it, it's, it's crazy, but we can, we can think and act like we can't enjoy the second coming until it actually happens. Why, why is that? Because if I can look forward to a vacation <laughs> for days, weeks, even months, well then certainly I can look forward with great anticipation and enjoyment, heaven, for years, even decades, in anticipation, you see. You might, you might picture it like this. I, I have up here with me a Hershey's, miniature Hershey's candy bar. These, these are yummy, aren't they? <laughs> I checked to make sure that somebody hadn't grabbed that actually off the, off the table here before. This is to represent the good things that God does in our life here on earth. But I also have up here with me a king-size Hershey bar. And this represents the good things that God is going to be doing in our lives in heaven. One is just a, a small taste of the other. The good things that come to us here on this earth, who do they come from? God. They come from God. He is the giver of every good gift in our life, James says. The good things that, that we are promised in heaven, that, that we are able to look forward to in heaven, who, who will give us those things? Who will they come from? It's the same God. We can have great confidence in our future. And that that is able to enter into times of trouble, times of, of worry and fear in such a way that we, we use those emotions and those challenges of life to just trigger our thoughts to things above, to, to heavenly things, to, to what it will be like with Christ where day after day after day, year after year, we just live with joy, we live with meaning and, and purposefulness without all of the pain and the brokenness that we experience here on earth. I just want to thank whoever it is that submitted this topic because I, I feel like this is such an important topic for us in, in this time of life. There's one other thing that I want to emphasize as we consider how, how does the return of Jesus impact the way we live each day with this sense of alertness and awareness to it, that, that the third thing it leads us to is to refocus our energies on treasures in heaven. It, it can get discouraging at times 
it seems like no good is really being done by our efforts and our labor for the Lord. But if you believe in the return of Jesus Christ, then you can know with, a, with absolute assurance that that is never the case. That work done for the Lord is never in vain. That it is always worth it, you see. I want you to see what Jesus has to say about how we are to focus our energies. He says in Matthew 6.20, But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. Jesus is telling us here that upon our arrival in heaven, that we will receive rewards from God for our faithful service to Him here on earth. I, I, I just think... This is going to be such an incredible thing. I mean, with, with everything else with heaven, to consider as well these rewards, these treasures that we, we have laid out. That upon our entrance into heaven, I just want you to imagine God saying to you, thank you for using the spiritual gifts that I have given to you, as well as your life experiences that you had, to serve and help and bless other people. Thank you. Thank you for spreading love in, in a loveless world. Thank you. Th thank you for serving the poor in my name. Thank you for caring enough about people that you shared with them about my son Jesus. I, I just think we're going to be stunned. Stunned by this. This future that is ours in Christ. What a moment that's going to be for every one of us. You see, when you live each day in light of the second coming of Jesus, it just changes your perspective of life. It changes your, your priorities in life. Just everything shifts inside of you from the way you approach your relationships to the way in which you manage your resources because you live with the goal to hear from the one who gave his life for you upon his return, to hear him say to you, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I'm going to put you in charge of many things now. Come and share in your master's happiness. The home that all of us long for in our heart, it is before us in Christ. And it, it, it was this reality, this alertness that inspired the heroes, the men and women of faith that we read about in Hebrews chapter 11. It says this about them in verse 16, but they were looking for a better place, a heavenly homeland. And that is why God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He has prepared a city for them. One of the ways that you make it through the struggles and the sufferings of this world and the evil at times that you deal with inside yourself and and in the world is you just recognize this is not all there is that there is a much better place ahead for me you see heaven is God's city and the Bible describes it as being filled with jewels. And we will walk on streets of gold. And the idea here is that everything in heaven is valuable. It just, everything just drips with significance. 
what lights up this heavenly city will be the very presence of God, you see. And we will just worship Him and thank Him every day for the incredible life that He has provided for us. And we will do work for Him there that is just so meaningful, so rewarding to us. And we will thoroughly enjoy our relationships, our friendships with one another there. And we will celebrate. We will celebrate each day with our elder brother and our Savior and our Lord Jesus Christ. See, the party's in heaven. And it's going to last forever. Would you pray with me? We celebrate the promise of heaven that is ours in you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for coming to be that, that door, that narrow gate that through You we are able to, to come to know the promises of heaven. And that, that, that those promises are not just you know, for the future. They, they change how we live every day here on this earth. And I just pray for every one of us that is participating in this service that Your Holy Spirit would Give us an awakeness and a, and a sense of alertness to your any moment return. For those who are greatly troubled, that you would lift that worry, that you would lift that pain off of them and replace it with that blessed hope and assurance of heaven. That our, our troubles here on earth are light and momentary, really not even worth comparing to the glory that we will receive in heaven. Oh God, give us that perspective, that alertness, that we might prioritize our days in ways that speed your coming, in ways that lay up treasures in heaven, in ways, God, that enable others to be able to come to know you as well. I pray for anyone here that is participating in this service, that has a doubt about their place in heaven, that they would reach out to us here at BSCC or a, a, a friend who is a, a Christ follower, that, that they might have that doubt removed. For Jesus, you are the way and the truth and the life. We put our hope and faith in you. We honor you in this service. We look forward to your return that we might be with you and worship you and experience your presence forever in a way that just we get a glimpse of here on earth. We pray this together in your name. And all of God's people said, amen. Would you please stand and sing with us? same God that never fails 
in person, go ahead and have a seat. We're going to take communion together here in just a moment. But if you're joining us online, we want to invite you into a time of communion at this time. So if you want to step off and, and do that at this point, that, this would be the, the right time to do that. And we, we just thank you so much for joining us tonight. We pray that God blesses you and keeps you this week. We pray for a breakthrough for you. And uh, thank you again so much for joining us.